Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Making the Call. Welcome back, actually, to Making the Call. We took a unexpected uh, hiatus last week, but we are back uh, here to talk about NFL Week 11 action, among other things. Uh, I've got Rosie here with me. We've got the two Andrews holding down the fort. Yes, sir. Uh, most people might not know your your first name is Andrew. You you go by Drew, but your friends call you Rosie. Right. And I go by yeah. Andrew at work. Oh, do you actually? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but it's just... So actually, I... when uh, some of them tuned into the uh, Substack article, and they, th- they were like, why are you so high on the Cowboys? I thought you didn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm Rosie on that one. You're like, oh, no, I can explain. Don't yeah. Please don't accuse me of that. Yeah, that's not me. That's not me. <laughs> oh, just give me a second. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, it's Rosie and I holding down the fort this week. Uh, we've got Trent traveling. Alex is working late. I forget what Austin's excuse was. Did he ever say? I don't think I don't he did. Austin's time. excuse is that he's he's a dad. Um, Rosie can't use that excuse yet, but Not his yet. time is coming. Yeah, his time is coming. Uh, so before we get into our one big headline of the week and NFL week 11 and all that stuff, programming reminders. So you just talked about the Substack making the call, the Friday football newsletter. Uh, we're actually moving it up a couple days this week. Only this week. We're going to be releasing the newsletter on Wednesday uh, with Thanksgiving being on Thursday. We've got so much sports happening this week. We've got football. Obviously, we've got three NFL games on Thursday. We've got an NFL game on Friday. We've got college football games starting Thursday. This is rivalry week. We want to make sure that we have everything covered. So we're going to be releasing that newsletter on Wednesday. So be looking out for that. The best way that you can see whenever we release the newsletters is just go ahead and subscribe to the Making the Call Substack. Uh, it's free to subscribe. Uh, you'll get it directly in your inbox. You can also download the beautiful Substack app where you can join our uh, daily gambling thread where we're posting prop picks and parlays and all that good stuff. Uh, where last week, or not last week, last night was a rough one for me from an NBA standpoint, but overall we are still positive on the season. Uh, listener Matt had a beautiful six for six uh, oh. last oh. week. I mean, it was it was awesome. Atta it was boy. legendary. So uh, we, for the most part, we post winners in, in the Making the Call substack. So go check that out. Uh, today we'll have a link to it in the in the notes of this episode. I've been on a heater too with my Substack articles. Two weeks ago, I said to buy low on Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Little guest <laughs> appearance. Yeah, Trent just hopped into the into the Discord and then peaced out. He's currently in the Cayman Islands, or maybe I shouldn't disclose. He's currently on on an on an island. That's all I'll say. In Cayman, the other part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in Cayman. <laughs> But no, okay. Tell us about your uh, your uh, parlay. Yeah. Okay. So that's my one big headline. Oh, oh um, hold on. Then sorry. Let me finish. Let me program a reminder. So we mentioned the the football newsletter uh, update on our bets contest. So it looks like based on how things are shaking out right now, the listeners will be getting one hour of Pastor Austin at the end of the football season. Uh, because to remind the listeners, the five of us are doing a. Uh, picks contest throughout the NFL season. Whoever comes in last place will have to do a one hour podcast all by themselves. No guests, just them and their thoughts. 
And and let's see. So Trent and I are in first place at six and five. Alex also has six wins, but he's six and six. Uh, but he did a, uh, a plus two fifty. It was actually a plus three hundred money line pick two weeks ago. Broncos over the Bills, so that counted for two. And then Rosie is at five and six, and Austin is at four and seven. So that is how things currently. Oh start. boy, um, towards the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just gotta. It's it's like what they say about outrunning a bear. You just have to outrun your friend. You just have to match Austin from this point forward, and you'll be okay. Yeah. So I mean, you feed him some bad information so that he uh, does a bad. Well, he lost this week betting on your Lions minus seven and a half versus the Bears. I mean, you keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into our one big headline of the week. You can go ahead and start us off. I hit my first five-leg parlay. Really? Yes, I'm not a very good better, and I've only been doing it for like a year. And, I mean, we're halfway through the NFL season, and this is the only sport I watch that I could bet on. And so I was like, you know what? I, I like these these bets right now, I'll, I'll just string them together. So I went Eckler <laughs> over 55 and a half rushing yards that hit DTR over half at interception. Tony Pollard called the anytime touchdown. Oh, did you first time since week one? Oh my yep. gosh. I knew Carolina's run defense was worse in the league. So if it was going to happen, wow. going to happen. Uh, That's DJ impressive. Moore over 59 and a half receiving yards i knew the lions were going to suck against dj Moore. so and then last but not least dave montgomery over 51 and a half rushing yards and i was getting a little bit nervous because that was the last one and he was at 49 rushing yards he was <laughs> the bears with like, had, with like four minutes left too like it was yep the bears had a, a nine minute drive in the fourth quarter and <laughs> i was like oh no are they gonna get the ball back and they did, and they started Gibbs first. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to lose by a yard. But it hit. It was it a hit. very good week for me. Five for five. That's beautiful. That's It's such a good feeling. It is. It, it's really great. Like, you, like you, you put it together and then you get like, you know, the first two hit and you're like, all right, all right, feeling good. You start like, <laughs> you start mapping out how the other ones might hit. You're like, okay, I need this many yards. So like, let's get like this much by halftime. And then, okay, we'll be feeling good. Yep. And third one hits. And then the fourth one hits. You're like, all right, baby, come on, bring us home, bring us home. And uh, yeah, DCR through that interception. I was like, all right, we're in, <laughs> we're in play. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. All right. My one big headline is just what a glorious week of sports we have ahead of us. So college basketball, this is feast week, which this is whenever we do all the invitationals, all the tournaments where you've got, I think I was reading uh, ESPN had something about it because they're broadcast, you know, they broadcast a lot of college basketball and they, it's going to be like over 150 hours of coverage over the next, like over like a 10 day stretch, like literally just games all day long. Uh, you've got the Maui Invitational going on. Uh, actually, as we're recording this, uh, Gonzaga and Purdue are playing in the Maui Invitational. Then you've got the uh, Battle for Atlantis. You've got the NIT season tip-off, who our Baylor Bears are playing in. You've got the Vegas showdown. I mean, it's just people are taking time off work. You know, you've got you've got some downtime this week. There's, I guarantee you, there will be college basketball on at any given point. I mean, from literally like 10 a.m. until like 2 a.m. Because of all, you know, the Hawaii time zone. So 
Uh, it, this is just, it's, it's a great week for college basketball and then not even college basketball NFL. We've got three games on Thanksgiving. Obviously both of our teams, lions and the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. Um, and then we got, uh, I believe, a I forget who the Thursday night game is, but, um, it's and then we got Seahawks Niners Seahawks Niners. Okay. So Alex's team. So three out of the four making the call teams are represented here on uh, on Thanksgiving this year. And then Friday, we've got the first ever Black Friday game between the Dolphins and the Jets, uh, which should be a little interesting uh, with uh, Mr. Boyle at quarterback. Uh, I'm sure we might talk about that a little bit. And then we also have the college football rivalry week where you got Ohio State versus Michigan, LSU versus Texas A&M, Oregon State versus Oregon, which is on Friday night. I mean, this is just, it's just... It's there's so much sports going on. I, I just cannot wait uh, between the basketball and all the football and everything. And Trent stars actually are all of our Dallas stars are. Let me check the standings here. Last I checked, they were. Yeah, they're first in the Western Conference. Twenty three points. They're eleven and four with one overtime loss. I mean, all right. I saw some projections where they are projected with like the best odds to win the Stanley Cup at this point in the season like it. It's, this this is a good this is a good sports time. You got your Lions. Uh, I saw a stat about the Lions. They're like eight and two for the f- first time since like 1961 or something. Yeah. <laughs> this, hey, things are looking up. I mean, what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! Who would have thought? Uh, all right. Speaking of your Lions, speaking of the NFL, let's get into NFL Week 11 takeaways. Uh, do you want to start us off? I've got a handful, but. Uh, you got anything that you want to get off your chest here first? Could be Lions related or could be about anything else. Well, uh, you gave me my kudos in the in the group text, but I think Tank Dell might be the best rookie receiver uh, this year in 2023. Try and think. Okay, so who else do we have? We have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Quentin Johnston. Zay, Zay Flowers is probably the only legitimate argument but uh jordan addison oh okay yeah jordan addison trim would be mad at us for leaving uh, and puka nakua oh shoot okay so there's okay so uh no yeah. there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot but make the make the case for tank i mean he has just been incredible the last few weeks uh i think he got hurt um in the middle of the season but yeah he had like a concussion that took like three weeks to recover from. Yeah. It took him a long time. And the, the, the Texans in general have just been swapping guys in and out of the receiving room lineup every week, but he had 29.9 points against, against the Cardinals. Uh, I think part of the reason why CJ Stroud looks so good is because tank Dell is elite. Like <laughs> he's legit elite. Yeah. I, he, I mean, you were really high on him. Uh, during the off season, you were doing all your rookie rankings. Um, I was actually going to see here real quick if I could pull up your uh, rookie rankings from before the draft, like post draft, all that stuff. Uh, let, okay, top one hundred dynasty rankings. That's probably yeah. We can. Oh no, here we go. Dynasty fantasy football top twenty five rankings. So this is from the uh making the call Substack. you've been doing updates to all your rankings uh every now like, and then yeah that's like one of the things you've done on uh as your fancy segment and you had him as your rookie number 22 um right behind guys like zay flowers luke musgrave michael mayer marvin mims um 
if you were redrafting all these rookies, like quarterbacks included, does he doesn't go past the what top five? Uh, no, I mean it's probably so your Bijan, your top five. Gibbs. Your top five was was Bijan, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and then it was Jameer Gibbs, Jordan Addison, J.S.N., Quentin Johnson, and Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I mean tanks out. <laughs> yeah, swap the swap the tank for the tank, but uh, Quentin Johnston's out. Oh yeah, he's out too. Um, probably Bryce Young and Will Levis at this point. I mean, I probably still, JSN at this point. Yeah, JSN at this point, and then it's a pretty tough argument between. I mean, you have to put Stroud one. So okay, no, I think okay, so I think this is pretty easy. So I think top five in any order is I'm just going in order of of where you had them uh, pre-draft. So Bijan, CJ Stroud. Oh, actually, this is six. So I think the six are Bijan, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Jameer Gibbs, Jordan Addison, and Tank Dell. And That's then like probably Zay, how Zay Flowers it. is probably the seventh. Uh, I would probably put Puka at seven. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. And then Zay or... I mean, I like Josh Downs coming out too, and he's been really good. Just been hurt the last couple of weeks, so we kind of forgot about him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and Achan. I mean, oh yeah, we didn't you, even mention you him. Have to put Achan. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even mention him. I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, I think people are going to forget about him because he's going to be out for a while. If wait like one week, and then start in, in Dynasty, start making trades for him because he should be a top ten dynasty running back i was seeing some reports that he might I, he re-aggravated his knees so he might be out like the rest of the season yeah so i mean the the news is fresh so i i think the hn people are are hurting right now but i mean just wait a little bit and then pounce on it because i think you can yeah. get him for way cheaper than he will be next year but you know what? I mean, so that's a very good point. But I think what's cool is like we listed off some of those guys and then we just mentioned some that we didn't even get to like A-Chan and, and Puka and Zay Flowers. Like there's at least 10 like legitimate rookies from this class from like a, a dynasty fantasy standpoint that like oh, you're yeah. ecstatic if you have any of them. And we didn't even we didn't even mention, you know, the tight ends, Kincaid or Mayer, who like tight ends always Laporta. start off slow. Laporta. Um you mentioned downs. I mean, I even think Jonathan Mingo has shown flashes uh, with Carolina, Luke Musgrave. I mean, there's, there's a lot. It, this was a good rookie class. I mean, there were definitely some misses like Quentin Johnston has not looked good at all, but overall you're feeling pretty happy if you have any of these top rookies. Oh, absolutely. It's been a great class, especially if you've had like late round picks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, in a league that I'm like full on rebuilding, like I have like six first round picks and like six second round picks. Like I've just been like trading away everyone I grabbed. Um, so I had, I had a bunch of first round picks last year. And so I have like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young and Dalton Kincaid. And then I've got a Chan. I've got Zay flowers. I've got tank Dell. I've got JSN, Michael Mayer. Like I've got all these rookies and I'm like, <laughs> it feels like a great, a great get I and think. Josh Downs and Josh Downs. Yeah. Wow. So uh, those hope- are all starters. So yes. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a, it was a really good rookie class. Okay. But all that to say, we kind of got on a, on a tangent with your first takeaway. Tank Dell might be the best one, which is pretty cool. He might be. 
Yeah. All right. My first one. Uh, so, you know, right before we, we start, uh, the podcast, we go live on the YouTube, which again, subscribe to the YouTube. And I always ask like, Oh, what should I make the title of this YouTube stream, uh, this week? And what I decided on this, uh, for this episode was, is Dak Prescott the best quarterback in the NFL? Because Rosie, I don't know if you've seen the news, but, uh, there's this little known website. It's kind of like a startup company. It's called PFF stands for like pro football focus. I don't know if you've heard of it, but we only listen to them when uh, it fits our narrative. Exactly. Exactly. This is one of my favorite sites. Yes. Um, well, they grade out, you know, all they grade out every player, basically. Uh, Dak Prescott is now the highest graded quarterback in the, in the NFL this season. He has a higher grade than Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. He's number one, which Do I think is pretty cool. Do you know who was cool. number one before this last week? Um, From looking at like who's number two, I'm guessing it was probably Josh Allen. No, it was Jared Goff was number one. Oh, really? Yeah, he was number one for the whole season until this last game, which <laughs> he deserves to get bumped down a couple notches. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think... I think PFS I is, is like a great, like, where we stand right now, like who's playing really well, it is great for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dak has played extremely well. He has played like the best quarterback in the league. And honestly, like with the Cowboys team right now, it's, it's hard to like look and see where they're weak. Like even on the other side of the ball with Deron Bland, like I, he's got I, more I like touchdowns than like most uh, than some wide receiver rooms. Yeah. This year. <laughs> I mean, he's playing better than Diggs did when Diggs was going on his Lynn sanity interception spree, but like he's, he's better than Dix. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and then Brandon cooks speaking of PFF, I think he was grading at like high nineties or not high nineties, low nineties. These last couple weeks, he's finally turned it on. And that's something that the Cowboys receiving room needed. It was a wide receiver too mm-hmm. with CD lamb. So yep. like they're on a roll. Yeah, no, I mean, I, so the Cowboys, I was trying to find the stat. I believe it was, um, oh, I can't find it. I forget where I saw it, but I saw the stat where it said that the Cowboys, do you remember, I think it was on the podcast two weeks ago where I said, I basically made a big point of saying like, thank you, Mike McCarthy for figuring out, hey, let's let Dak run this offense and get CeeDee Lamb involved. Like shocker, you're going to put up points if you do that. Um, since the Cowboys by week, the Cowboys are the most pass happy and run situations in the NFL. Like they are most likely to pass on first down to pass on short yardage situations. Like they are just McCarthy has turned the offense. He has given the keys over to Dak and city lamb and said, Hey, these guys are really good. Let's like Tony Pollard has lost a step since injury. Dowdle is a nice player, but let's, let's get our dynamic guys out in space and let them let them cook. And that's what we've seen. Now, yes, you can make the case that they have gone up against not very good opponents, but I wanna I I do want to mention the fact that, you know, they blow out the Rams and everyone's like, oh, it's just the Rams. Well, the Rams just beat Seattle this week. So like the Rams aren't, you know, a Super Bowl contender, but 
they're still a good football team. And I think it's nice that I feel like the Cowboys are kind of going under the radar right now, which is as a Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm all for like, I, I like that people are focusing on other teams and the Cowboys can just show up win games. And it's all going to come down to in a few weeks, whenever they play Philly and Dallas, and that's going to be like the, the the big game, right? To see if they can split the series against Philly and and potentially maybe try to win the division. Uh, but I've, I mean, as someone who has been a very avid Dak defender on this podcast, it's it's been nice to see him have a nice bounce back season from what was a really bad season last year. Yeah, he's played really, really well. And I, I think they can beat the Eagles. I think they're built to beat the Eagles. Um what was the score last time they played? I mean, it was it was a one score game, and yeah. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. If if Dak, you know, we were just seeing his praises. If he doesn't step out of bounds on that run, on that two point conversion, they win that game. Uh, twenty eight twenty three was the Philly score. Yeah, I, I think that they're capable of beating the Eagles. I think they're in that tier. Uh, I think you just hope that they don't play the Niners in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I hope so too. <laughs> I also I'm gonna get out in front of this right now. Now this is this is a big hypothetical. So they play the Commanders and the Seahawks these next two weeks, uh, both Thursday night games or both Thursday games. Obviously, Commanders is going to be on Thanksgiving. Let's say they take care of business in those two games, and so they're nine and three. Then they got a four week stretch of Eagles at home, Bills on the road, Dolphins on the road, Lions at home. I'm I'm, I'm putting this out there right now because the counting stats are there. If the Cowboys are three and one over that four game stretch, you're gonna you're gonna see the the Dak for MVP media story just catch on like wildfire because you know these MVP awards are all driven by the narrative. It's all driven by kind of the groupthink of like the NFL collective. And if the Cowboys go three and one over that four week stretch, let's say let's say the Eagles lose tonight or they lose another game, and and now the Cowboys are sitting atop of the division and atop of the NFC, there's going to be Dak for MVP um, discussions happening uh, again. And there probably should if, be. There, there, there should be. Yeah, I mean, he, I, he'd I, probably be my front runner um, at this point. Like, I don't know if, like, I guess I've been a Dak hater. I, I think that's just countering all the Dak love, but. <laughs> You probably fall in the middle on this podcast. Yeah. Well, slightly towards the, not uh, for lack of a better term, slightly towards the hater side of the spectrum, but I'd say Trent is further on that side than you are. Right. And I think he's a good quarterback. I think that he, he's missing things that I like in quarterbacks. Yeah. And, but doesn't have the biggest arm. He doesn't run a lot since the injuries. Like he is, he is kind of a, a typical pocket passer and I'll make, I'll make this comparison and this is not, I'm not making this comparison to say that these two guys are the same in any, in any way in terms of like total career, but he plays a lot like Tom Brady did in like the last like three to five years of his career where like can be surgical, can pick apart a defense, is not going to have the huge athletic arm to make these crazy throws that like a Herbert or an Allen or a Mahomes makes, but can do enough damage from the pocket that you can win with him. Kind of like a Drew Brees. 
Yeah, even. yeah, Drew Brees, yes. That that prototype of quarterback, I think. Yeah, and I think right now we're 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 kind of missing that guy since Tom Brady retired. Like mm-hmm. I think you could say that that might have been Aaron Rodgers, but there's no guy that's like that. And maybe Dak can step into that. Maybe Goff could too. I think he's that's fair. Yeah, Brock Purdy seems a lot like him. So it, it, those types of quarterbacks are kind of absent. But I mean, when they have a good team, like Cowboys, Niners, Lions, mm-hmm. those quarterbacks can win for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, give me uh, another takeaway. Well, a quarterback that's losing, and it is not his fault. <laughs> Justin Herbert. Let's talk about him for a second. He finally lost it, man. He he screamed at his lineman. I, I've never seen like he seems like such an introverted dude, mm-hmm. but he just like lost it. Screamed at his lineman, threw his helmet. Like they lost to the miserable Packers, and Keenan Allen dropped two touchdown passes. Quentin Johnson dropped another wide open, hit him in the hands. Yep. I mean, you just feel really bad for the guy. And Staley, Staley lost it in the press conference, screaming at the reporters saying, like, I'm, no, I'm going to call the plays on defense. I'm going to call the plays. Like, maybe you're being asked that because the defense isn't very good. Yeah. Maybe you're being asked that because the defense hasn't been good your entire tenure and you're a defensive coach. Yeah. And... You can excuse that when you don't have the personnel. And I wouldn't say the Chargers have like the best defensive personnel, but they have guys. Like yeah. it's not a bunch of scrubs. That they have guys and the defense has severely underperformed. And then the offense, I mean, I think it's been better since Kellen Moore has been there. But I mean they, they're missing something and I think they just need a clean house. They just need a clean house and have the best guy for Herbert. The Chargers have the 29th ranked defense in terms of DVOA this season. They're ahead of the Commanders, the Cardinals, and the Broncos. They they have a better defense by DVOA. Or they have a worse defense by DVOA, DVOA than the Panthers and the Giants and the Bears. And they have a defensive head coach. And Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Asante Samuel. Yeah, they have dudes. Joey that's, Bosa. The, that's the thing. They have dudes. Yeah. Uh, it, it should not be this bad. It should not be this bad. Yeah. I, I think he might be the next coach fired. It's He has at, to be. At this point, it's either him or Ron Rivera. They have the eighth best DVOA on offense this season. Better than their... So their eighth... The Texans are ninth and the Cowboys are 10th. So this is a good takeaway by you. And I have not been afraid to criticize Herbert at times on this podcast, but I fully agree with you that he is not the problem with the, with the chargers this season. Yeah. It's he, I mean, I mean, the GM should be fired for taking Quentin Johnson over Jordan Addison. Like that, that, yeah. that was an easy decision at the time, I think. And Addison was a perfect fit. I mean, they, they brought in Quentin Johnson, even though they already had another big guy in Mike. They already Williams. had Mike Williams. Yep. 
Like it doesn't really make sense at the time. And now it looks even worse than that. It, yeah. Cause you're right. Ad, I mean, Addison's like the, the burner that they needed. Like they had the big contested gut catch guy with Williams. They had the uh, surgical route runner with Keenan Allen. They needed a speedster. Yeah. Who can just, <laughs> it was the perfect fit. They just, it, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They feel like it's that team to me. There just doesn't seem like there's a lot of like young juice on that roster. Like the guys we just mentioned, like Johnston, he's a rookie, but he hasn't done anything. Eckler's old. Keenan Allen's old. Mike Williams is old. Asante Samuel's old. Khalil Mack is old. Asante Samuel's pretty young, actually. Okay. Derwin James is like... He's... Yeah. He's on the... He's just past his prime, I would say. Like, he's not old, but he's not like, uh, you know, first or second year in the league. Like, it just... It doesn't feel like a roster... It feels like they should have a better roster, con- considering the fact that they have they've had a quarterback on a rookie contract. Oh yeah, and one with yeah. I mean, I feel like they've signed the right guys with like Cleo Mack and all that. But I'm gonna pull up their draft history. Oh, I imagine quick, it's not very good. Uh, I'm curious, but no, it's I. You know, I feel bad for for the ten Chargers fans out there. Um, <laughs> Because you have this Just go on over to the Rams, I guess. (laughs) Well, it's not much better over there. At least they had a Super Bowl, but you can't jump on now. Uh, It just, it stinks because yeah, Herbert. So in that same tweet that was saying that um, Dak is now the highest rated quarterback in the NFL, top five for just this past week alone, Herbert was number one and he was the highest grade by more than 10 points. (laughs) Oh, man. And I he mean, he was it, doing everything. Yeah, he was. He was the. I mean, against the Lions too last week, he was incredible. He only threw darts. He had one interception, yeah. but it was a great play by the defense. His Look grade was her. more than ten points higher than Brock Purdy, who had a perfect quarterback rating. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. I mean, <laughs> what more can you do? What more can you do? Yeah. Their draft history is actually pretty good, to be honest. I mean, there's like one or two names in every draft class that are solid. Yeah. But I think it's just the coach. Yeah. I think they need, like, believe me, this is not the same sport, but as someone of the now world champion Texas Rangers, you bring in a, a World Series manager like Bruce Bochy and it changes everything. Like, this team lost 90 games last year. And they win the World Series this year. And you, I bet if they replace Brandon Staley with a really good head coach, like you're, I, you, you're not going to like to hear this. Well, maybe you, I don't know how you feel about this because you're I know what you're going to say. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up so I didn't have to. But you like, you put Ben Johnson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the head coaching position. Oh, man. I, I would love it. I mean, I think. Ben Johnson cannot stay as an offensive coordinator at this point. He is way too good at what he does to not be a head coach somewhere. And or even if I were like to, a, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, if I were to pick any place for him to go, it would be the chargers. Hmm. See, I, or even like, okay, so Brandon Staley, defensive guy, offense is clearly fine with Herbert. Like imagine if they had D'Amico Ryans, he didn't go to Houston. Yeah. Like 
talk about a team like he comes in and changes the culture down there. And yeah, Stroud has been great, but like that the entire team, like the defense looks a lot better than it was last oh, year. Way better. Like I know way they better. they drafted Will Anderson and like now they're, you know, Stingley has been for the most part healthy, but like I'm just I'm imagining if D'Amico Ryans was in LA for the Chargers, how much better this Chargers team, like how much better that defense would be with all of that talent, all that name recognition. Absolutely. Jeez. All right. My next take or my, my next takeaway, I should say, uh, it's, it's a question that I want to pose to you because I saw a stat that got me thinking about it. Could this Browns defense now, let me, let me set the stage here because it's been injuries galore, right? The Bengals just lose Joe Burrow for the year. Um, the bills, they're not injured, but they just fired their offensive coordinator and they are, you know, not in a good spot. Uh, I actually, I think I wrote about, no, I definitely did write about this in the making the call Substack either last week or the week before, like all these top teams this year, they all have holes. Like you can find glaring weaknesses with every single one of them. So with that said, can the Browns defense single-handedly win a Super Bowl this season? No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it, it'd be fun. I, I'm not sure they can be any of the top teams. Are you sure? Even with Joe Flacco, he's coming in. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I kind of hope we get a Browns Ravens game though. That'd be fun. So this, this is a stat from a uh, computer cowboy on Twitter. He runs like the, the big EPA website uh, that I get a lot of my EPA stats from. Uh, he says that through 11 weeks, the so this is since 1999, which is when we first started tracking like EPA and like like all, all these like analytical stats, they go back to 1999. Through 11 weeks, the Browns defense has been the hardest ever to earn a first down against relative to league average. So you take league average, how hard it is to get first downs against defenses. The Browns are the best of any defense since 1999. So they are 14 points higher. So this says average series conversion rate in 2023 is 70%. The Browns have allowed it at 56%. Next best 2019 Patriots believe they won a Super Bowl. Did they not? No, no. 2020 was Tampa Bay. 2019 would have been Kansas city. Um, Number three, 2005 Chicago Bears. Number four, 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was what, the year they won the Super Bowl? The year after they won the Super Bowl? Um, 2003 Cowboys are number seven. I mean, it's just 2010 Giants, number nine. They definitely won a Super Bowl in 2010. That was when they beat the Patriots. 2000 Ravens, who everyone says is like the gold standard, best defense ever, uh, is 15th on this list. So, I mean, the Browns, they win a game last week or this week against the Steelers. Now, granted it was the Steelers, but they just, they're suffocating these teams and they probably aren't going to win the Super Bowl because they don't have a quarterback, but could they get to an AFC title game strictly by their defense only allowing like 10 points? I, I think so. Like this year, I, I think they could do that. Um, and I just wanted to give them recognition because what they're doing is truly special. 
Uh, I think we should have a serious conversation about Miles Garrett for MVP as well. Agreed. He has been torching every single defense or offensive line that he's come against. Just annihilating anyone that's across from him. It's a shame that um, Austin isn't on this podcast because so far we've talked about Dak potential MVP and Miles Garrett potential MVP. And he would just be losing his mind right now. It's like his two favorite players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, uh, you're absolutely right about Miles Garrett. Um, and I mean, this Browns defense, like it's just it's unbelievable what they're doing. Um, they probably can't win a Super Bowl because you you need at least competency at quarterback and they don't have that but they're just ridiculous um yeah they're insane all right that's a fun one do you have another one uh if we could talk about the lions for a second absolutely i'm not sure if there is a better offensive situation in the nfl than the lions right now and uh, by what I mean by that is that's kind of excluding the quarterback. Because I think if you just put any quarterback in this situation, I don't know how they fail. Hmm. Best offensive line in the league. Amon Ra is a top five receiver at this point. I think you have to Completely call him Completely agree. Top. Yeah. Um, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are just... I don't really know how you stop them when you have the best offensive line in the league. Like Montgomery basically won that game against the bears down the stretch. Revenge game. Yeah. Revenge game. (laughs) Everyone knew it it was 20 seconds left. No timeouts on the goal line at the one. Everyone knew David Montgomery was going to get the ball. Everyone Mm -hmm. in the stadium knew and he didn't get touched while walking to the end zone. And then you, you pair that with probably the best play caller in the league in Ben Johnson. They had a play on uh, the Lions' first touchdown uh, to Gibbs. They had their practice squad guard line up at slot receiver on the right side. <laughs> they had Sam Laporta motion over to the right side. They love wham blocks. I'm sure the defense knows that too. Ball snapped. Everyone's shifting to the right. Goff tosses it to the left. Gibbs walks in. Like, Ben Johnson is just on another level. He really is. He's on a heater right now. Yeah. It's impressive. So, I mean, Um, I I think that they... (laughs) Goff... (laughs) Listen, he's not as bad as I thought he was. (laughs) <laughs> but he's not that good. Let's be honest. Like I don't, I don't have any bias for him. Um, but I think the situation is good enough to where they could beat any team. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I, I agree with you. The the Lions' offense is scary, and I think what makes an offense so scary is the fact that they can beat you in so many ways. And usually, with with teams. It, it usually always comes down to the quarterback and you always say, well, okay, if it's, if it's third and eight and there's three minutes left in the game and you're down by a touchdown, or, is Jared Goff going to make that play? Or do you need, do you, is this whenever you need those difference makers when you need a Mahomes 
or Herbert or whoever. But I think Ben Johnson is so good. Their offensive line is good. And they have so many dynamic skill position players that, okay, maybe, maybe like Jared Goff isn't Mahomes, but can he throw it to a Monroe St. Brown and let a Monroe St. Brown make a, make a play? Can he, if it breaks down, can he throw it to Jameer Gibbs in the flat and he's one-on-one on an Island against a linebacker and you're counting on him to make that guy miss to get a first down. I like your chances in that situation. Oh yeah. And he, he fits it into tight windows too. Like he's not like on the Jimmy G scale. I think he is on the Jimmy G scale, but I mean, he's better than Jimmy G. He, he throws good balls and even uh, he threw three interceptions Yesterday, two of those were probably not his fault. One was a tip, and the other one was a clear PI that just didn't get called. Yeah. Um, but and then you add Jamison Williams to this, and Jamison Williams is so freaking fast. <laughs> it, it is incredible, and him paired with the Amon Raw is just scary. Because you're going to have to watch one of them. And Amon Ra is so good in the middle of the field and Jamison Williams can get behind you so easily. Plus the run game, I don't really know how you stop it unless Goff throws five interceptions in a game. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, the Lions, I mean, the Lions are really good. Um, I'm really happy for you that you're getting a, getting a really good Lions team uh, because... They feel like they're good enough to to really make a run at this, especially in the NFC, I would say, uh, to where they have enough difference makers both sides of the ball. And it just feels like everything, it feels like everything's working together. And it, it kind of feels funny to just like sing the praises of the Lions oh, after weird, they yeah. almost lost to the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> like they were doing everything they could to lose that game. And they still won which is what good teams do. Good teams will find themselves in a game that they, it should not be as close as it is. And they figure out a way to win. And that's what the lions did, which is very impressive. Yep. All right. My last takeaway. Um, this isn't week 11 specific. It's more so just looking ahead. I am hyped for the next few weeks in the NFL. Oh yeah. So, here are some of the next mar- here are some of the top matchups that we're going to get over the next 4 weeks. So next week week 12, we get Jacksonville at Houston with like massive division ramifications on the line in that game. Both teams are playing very good ball right now. I know Jacksonville lost 2 weeks ago in a bad one against San Francisco, but before that they had won 5 straight like and then obviously we've talked a lot about CJ Stroud and the Texans on on these airwaves. Uh, that's that's going to be a great game. Uh, and then we get Buffalo at Philly. Um, That's a big I, one. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to say how important that game is for both teams. Uh, Buffalo's trying to keep their season alive. Philly's trying to hold on to the one seed, uh, especially if Philly loses tonight. Which, knock on wood, I'm not jinxing it. But uh, if they do, then that game against Buffalo becomes very important because then Philly only has a one game lead over Dallas, um, and they've got San Francisco just chomping at the bit to come grab that one seed. So we have those week 12, week 13, you have Seattle at Dallas uh, on Thursday night. You've got Detroit at new Orleans, uh, which will be a fun one, Uh, two division leaders. I mean, new Orleans, I think new Orleans is, is 
kind of underrated because they're not. Because they're bad. Well, their offense, is, their offense is actually pretty good, and Jameis makes any game interesting. So, automatically increases the watchability of that. Oh, game. you think it's going to be Jameis? It will it not. I uh, think Carr will be back. Yeah, I think they have their bye right now. Um, I don't think it was a bad injury. It was a concussion in shoulder, mostly concussion. Okay. So, so you have that game, and then San Francisco at Philly, Week Thirteen massive massive nfc game. oh boy then you turn your attention to week 14 you got jacksonville at cleveland you've got seattle at san francisco buffalo at kansas city and philly at dallas i mean and just broncos at chargers too that could decide the wild card spot as that's well. true yeah that's very true and broncos are playing good ball right now i mean they're finding ways to win yeah somehow uh, Somehow, somehow. Throw it up to Sutton and you'll one hand catch it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then week 15, Dallas at Buffalo, Philly at Seattle, Baltimore at Jacksonville. I mean. Oh, man. This next month is going to decide not only which teams are making the playoffs, which teams are winning their divisions, which teams are getting the one seed. Like there is huge ramifications over this next month. Um, and and Scott Hansen would say uh, this is the season witching hour. This is the witching hour of the season. You're, <laughs> yeah. absol- you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. All right. Well, so I know that we're on a bit of a time crunch this week. Do you have one more takeaway or was that all you had? Um, I th- think that's it. Unless there's something else you want to talk about in the next five minutes. Um, I guess real quick. So I did write this down. There's only I think there's only two division races that are interesting. And they're both in the AFC. And it's the AFC North and the AFC South. Uh, with Baltimore and Cleveland and Pittsburgh battling it out, and then AFC Bengals. Yes, that, Joe Burrow dude, that, out for the year. That's such a bummer. It is. It's like they were playing so well. I mean, they lost to the Texans, but I mean, which is even, not a bad loss. <laughs> no, uh, th- before the Texans lost, people were saying Bengals might be might be the, the team. best team. Yeah, they might might be the best team, and you lose Burrow for the year. Yeah, I'm. I mean, the best you can hope for right now is that they lose the rest of their games and draft the offensive lineman one in the draft. Imagine if they would have taken Panay Sewell over Jamar Chase. Just imagine. Well, then they wouldn't have Jamar Chase, but yeah, but they would have offensive line protection for a quarterback who has had two serious injuries. That's true. Yeah, just saying. Just make it makes you think. It makes you wonder. That's all. Um, and then yeah, AFC South, Jacksonville, and Houston. Like I okay, who you got? Who do you have? Houston. Okay. I think CJ Stroud is a menace. Like I, we he his name didn't come up in our little MVP conversation we had. I know he had a bad second half yesterday, but the dude's just great. Yeah. Like I his. Some of the interceptions he had this past week were bad, but like he's pushing the ball. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's doing it. Like we, we sang the praises of Tank Dell, but like he's also doing it with Noah Brown and And Dalton Schultz and Nico Collins. Like he is so impressive that he's doing this in year one. Um, I think they found their run game too. I, I wish I would let this be a lesson to like, 
people playing fantasy. Like if you like a guy and he's in a horrible situation, you should try to get him anyway. Because, I mean, Devin Singletary, he was one of my favorite running backs. And as soon as he got to Houston, I was like, wow, this is this is done. Because Damian Pierce is there and Houston's offensive line sucks at running the ball. But yeah. he looks real, man. He looks yeah, like he the does. real deal. He does. That being said, yeah. I'm taking the Jags. All right. We'll see how it we'll see how it ends up. All right, that's going to do it for a uh, little uh, a quicker episode of making the call. Uh, like I mentioned at the top, tune in to the making the call Substack on Wednesday for our football newsletter, getting you ready for all the football action that we've got over Thanksgiving and everything. Rosie, real quick, favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Green bean casserole, baby. Okay. All right. I love green bean casserole. All right. Uh, I got to go with, uh, we make hash brown casserole in our family and it's delicious. That's always a, always a hit. Um, I hope everyone listening, I hope everyone who reads a Substack has a very happy Thanksgiving, spend some time with family, spend some time, you know, enjoying all the extra football, enjoying all the good food, wear the, wear the stretchy pants, just do it all. Like it's just Thanksgiving is a great holiday. I hope everyone soaks up this week and enjoys it. Uh, and the spirit of Thanksgiving, I do have a Thanksgiving dad joke for you, Rosie. Wonderful. If pilgrims were still alive today, you know what they would be known for? What? Their age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Making the Call. Um, I think I gave all the program reminders. So I just hope everyone has a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Liquid we'll IV? Oh, Quick. Okay. Liquid IV ad read. Someone uh, hasn't had their liquid IV today. I haven't that's why because you I went out of town. We went on a family trip with like all my siblings and stuff two weekends ago. I brought the bag of the hydration multiplier, the tangerine with the immune support with me. Family cleaned it out. We went on a hike. I said, Hey, who needs some liquid IV? And I was like, Oh, I'll take some, I'll take some, I'll take some. I was like, cool. You can get some of your own as well. <laughs> if you use code MTC, you get 20% off at liquidiv.com. So I need to go reorder some more because I am all cleaned out of liquid IV. Um, but yes, we love them here. Uh, hydrate you twice as fast as water alone, three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. You can use code MTC at checkout and get 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code MTC at liquidiv.com. All right. Thanks for the reminder, Rosie. I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. Go Cowboys. Go Lions. I hope everyone wins all their bets. We will see you next time.